The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to the Silver Bells Murders, the unofficial American Gothic internet radio show exclusively on poppychuloradio.com. Poppychulo Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Friday, August 26, 2016, and I am your host, Mike. During tonight's broadcast, we're going to recap, review, and dissect the latest episode of CBS American Gothic. Please welcome my awesome co-host, Poppy Chulo. He was sketchy in a silver bells kind of way. <laughs> Dear Lord. Oh, that's great. Let's jump into our recap of season one, episode 10, titled The Veteran in a New Field, and aired on August 24th, 2016. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. The city is in a panic after the SBK's accomplished strikes again. As Allison enlists Brady's help to clear her name and find the real culprit, Tessa suspects that Madeline knows more than she's letting on, and Cam is forced to make a decision about Sophie's custody of Jack. Before I get your reaction on the episode, the ratings came in at 2.6 million at 0.5 in the demo, hitting a six-week high in audience while rising a tenth in the demo. So not too bad. So I feel like because it's nearing the end and it's actually starting to spice up. So that's maybe the reason why. So hopefully it still stays in a steady route or maybe even go up a little bit higher. But overall, what was your initial reaction, Poppy? I enjoyed the episode. I thought it was a strong episode. I mean, we're heading into the final run of episodes. So they're kind of throwing a lot at us with, uh, you know, red herrings left and right. But uh, overall, I enjoyed what we saw with the characters. And I feel like the storyline is progressing really well. Hmm. Overall, I actually like the episode. I kind of feel like now that because it's going near the end, I feel like a lot more intense scenes are happening i feel like it's a little bit more things are starting to connect and i feel like a lot of the relationships with everybody is starting to manifest itself and now we're starting to see a brighter light on their interactions so i do really like that but before we get into a thorough recap here are a few reminders on how you can interact with the show via social media follow the show on tumblr the silverbellsmurders.tumblr.com you can follow the station on social media. We're practically on Twitter. We're on Facebook, Instagram. I mean, just go ahead and find us and follow us. Help support Poppy Chulo Radio financially by visiting GoFundMe.com slash Poppy Chulo Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or even concerns? Email us via contact at PoppyChuloRadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chulo Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychuloradio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chulo radio programs by visiting poppychuloradio.com slash archives. And search for The Silver Bells Murders through iTunes and hit the subscribe button. New episodes are available to download on Fridays throughout the entire summer. So, let's go ahead and try to dive into this episode and let's see some of the interesting scenes that we can pick up on. So basically, the episode picks off after we find out that the reporter, you know, is dead, strangled to death. And we see that it opens up with different uh, media outlets are talking about, like, you know, uh, the accomplice has come up. You know, sh- this reporter is dead. So it, it definitely starts off re- literally right after. Like, you don't uh, – you start – getting the feel of the repercussion of this individual you know the reporter dying and it leads up to the 
idea that well if this all of this is all happening then obviously Garrett was put into jail for him uh, supposedly being a part of it so we kind of see that Madeline is with the attorney and is talking to the district attorney and basically saying you know you know my son is innocent so you obviously need to rectify the situation and you need to obviously get your shit together overall how do you how do you feel about Madeline's presence in this poppy I thought it was interesting. I know that uh, a lot of us and a lot of the ones that aren't here have been suspecting her for the longest, but uh, as I've said, I think for the past couple of episodes, I feel like her actions kind of uh, negate any type of suspicion on her as far as doing anything SBKE because she really has been on like the opposite end. Like she has been clueless on a lot of what's going on in present day. So it like completely takes her off the radar. I mean, she's been very uh, concerned about her children. She's been very concerned about Garrett. And I like that she's there, like, really working her ass off to uh, make him a free man. So, in other words, you kind of give respect to Madeline to bring in her motherly attributes. I do. She's a mama grizzly. Yeah, literally a mama grizzly. So then, speaking of with Madeline, we do see that she goes in to speak with Allison, and we see that Allison is looking at her laptop at her, in her desk, and she's reviewing over the video footage, the live footage that went on about, you know, the reporter speaking about, you know, what the reporter was told to say and then, you know, strangled to death. And we kind of see that Madeline is... In a way, trying to figure out what's wrong with Allison. You know, she's basically, as you said, like being that mama bear, but literally a mother grizzly kind of way. And then uh, one of our favorite detectives comes in and Detective Cutter comes in and basically says, you know, I uh, basically they want photos of individuals that were there at Mitchell's uh, funeral that the, they believe that the individual or the accomplice might have been there at the funeral. And so Detective Cutter decides to throw in uh, this little curveball to Allison that, well, it would be such a shame if she were to talk to other media outlets and say, well, you know, she was supposed to, that Alice, that Allison was supposed to come in for questioning, and it just so happens that she's refusing. So we kind of see that Detective Cutter is really getting that knife and, you know, sticking it in her and really rotating it in her basically to get under their skin. Because she, in our, in this perspective, she's really trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah. Do you? She's a shady lady. She's a shady bitch. Like, I'm sorry. Like, as soon as I feel like she's such a bitch and it just, from from all the other previous episodes it kind of feels like she has not necessarily a vendetta but she does have this obsession with the hawthorns at least that's what it looks like if you were to look at from the previous episodes and this way she really does get under their skin which is ugh. detective cutter kind of just irks me from time to time and it just feels so i guess awkward and tainted but speaking of awkward and tainted the next scene we see Tessa and Garrett having a little moment with each other uh, at the jail, and we kind of see Tessa kind of brings out and says, "You know, I've been I would been giving you the benefit of the doubt. You, you know, you were isolated. You were, you know, choosing to stay away." And Tessa says that, "You know, I, you know, I defended you. I, I get where you're coming from, but," and she says, "You know, what do I get in return? You know, I." You know, I get cryptic comments. I get nothing in return. So she, you could tell Tessa is really hurt that this individual in front of her that she pretty much idolized and put on a throne, literally put on a pedestal, is really coming up short for her. Do you do you feel like Tessa had kind of every right to be upset, or do you feel like she's overreacting, or do you feel, or do you feel like it's a little unjustified? I think it's a little bit of both. Uh, I feel like she 
feels that she deserves answers as to like where he's been, what he's done, what he's doing, and all this kind of stuff. But I mean, if he doesn't want to divulge, if it's private for him, I mean, that's his choice. I feel like she's uh, trying too hard to to find things out when. To be quite honest, I mean, he's going to tell her when he feels comfortable or when he feels ready to tell her. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. Because she feels like she's owed answers, and uh, that's not how things work. Unfortunately. Right. Yeah. And I guess her one of her main things was that she had asked, you know, about if he has ever killed an individual. Well, technically, he has. From based upon him being in the cabin for so long he technically has killed somebody and i guess in a way i guess he didn't feel comfortable sharing that information because he even states to tessa that he's never mentioned it to anyone at, at all that she's literally the first person he has ever told this to and mm -hmm. so in a way we kind of see how garrett at least what it looks like is not necessarily embarrassed but ashamed of revealing this information out to tessa but we do see that the relationship is still strong and still there because you know garrett reveals the information to tessa that you know i'm gonna be a father you know i and tessa's like you know wow you know that's crazy so you so we do see that yes that they do have some falters in their relationship but we do notice that garrett decides to open up even more to her regardless of the current predicament that they're in mm -hmm. and then speaking of predicaments following up onto the next thing we see cam you know is a little bit more cheery a little bit more you know happier he's getting uh he's being he's being released you know he finally finished his treatment we kind of see he's throwing a little flirtatious comments to <laughs> to the nurse to showcase you know that he is it looks like he's in a much better place than what he was at the start of this show. Would you agree? I agree, yeah, 100%. I mean, he's still got sort of like the the tendencies and whatnot, but yeah, I think he's definitely in a better situation, and uh, his whole uh, being is very different than how we initially saw him. Especially when he was definitely all drugged up he wasn't in the right frame of mind so we can we definitely see this exactly this is change. the i think yeah yeah this is like the first time we've ever seen him i would say clean and sober yes. I, I mean well well, well that's like, a half a lie because he was sort of cleanish in the very beginning but he he didn't seem happy right so, but now we actually see a full sober happy camp and he actually yeah. seems pretty cool like real chippy up going so i really like that little dialogue that he's giving so it really showcases that you know what that there's this other side to him that's not just all about getting high and being into drugs and stuff like that so it's definitely worth seeing and mm -hmm. but on the flip side we do see that allison is with detective cutter and brady kind of notices it from a distance and she basic he basically says you know why didn't you let me know that you were going to interrogate you know my sister-in-law and detective cutter just simply says you know well it's a conflict of interest which by the way i really really am starting to get irked with detective cutter i don't know if it's just me but oh it's oh and which is really cool because again i've always i do like allison and in this little inter interaction, Detective Cut and Allison basically says, you know, if I'm going to speak, I'm only going to speak to Brady. I bet Detective Cutter must have been so annoyed with that. <laughs> I thought that was funny. I thought that was great. Yeah, I agree. And Detective Cutter just basically says, well, you don't get to make demands. And Allison just shot shoots back and says, well, if you're not charging me with anything, then neither do you. Or if you would like, you know, I can bring in. Uh, my lawyer and she says oh by the way that's the same lawyer that my mom has which even more funny i thought that was uh, yeah i thought it was like the final little stab into I her like you know watch yourself bitch <laughs> i thought it was great like 
like she's literally just sitting there and she's like uh-huh bitch what are you gonna do now i'll be more than happy to bring in my extra in, you know my extra friend here so i think this scene definitely is the pivotal point in this episode my opinion i don't know if you feel the same way but we noticed this interaction with allison and brady and allison basically tells brady that you know can you close the blinds first because you know i have some information to tell you so she basically just flat out says that she believes that jennifer the reporter was murdered because of her and he she explains to him that well i had asked her to dig up more information and i believe i know who the accomplice is for the uh for the sbk and that it's mayor conley and she believes that mayor conley and her father are definitely involved with each other and she basically had said that well i had asked jennifer i'd asked you know her to dig in a little bit more information about him and Allison gives Brady this photo, and it's a photo of Detective Cutter and Mayor Conley having these little secret meetings, basically to talk about something. And right there, we kind of notice that it's from the information that Allison is providing. She says that the reporter that Jennifer was telling her that she was cookie that she was getting something big about Mayor Conley and that she didn't know what Jennifer was going to tell her up until she died. How did how did you react to this scene? Like what did did you think that it was like holy crap like it, did you do you believe it added more assurance that it could be a different person than your than the original person you were picking or do you feel like it's there's got to be way more to it than that from the from this point on i thought there had to have been way more to it than that because we are sort of like getting to the end so it's certainly like red herring season i feel like the beginning of the series was very red herring and now towards the end we're getting a lot of red herrings and so when this whole thing came about i was like I just, I don't feel like it is going to be either of them being the accomplice because they both sort of came out hella sketch. Like first up last week with Cutter and like the picture of her with the mayor. Like it seemed hella sketch for her to be there. And then all of a sudden now the mayor is involved and there are all these secrets with him. And so it's like, are we supposed to think it's the mayor now that was teaming up with Mitchell? I don't know. It was very red herring for me. Like, I wasn't trying to buy it, but I was very much interested in seeing where they were going to go with this. Yeah, me too. I feel like I feel like it definitely added a little bit more drama than it needed. I feel like it was definitely a continuation from the previous episode. So I feel like it really gives more insight as to where all the connections are with the characters as opposed to who is the accomplice for the for sbk and we kind of see an it more interest interesting uh connection with madeline and cam and basically madeline just tells cam that you know now that you're better you know you're in, in a way basically she was kind of just saying you know you're not on drugs that you're sober you got to fight for full custody for jack and the fact that you and sophie are pretty much done which i'm pretty sure jess is like just going batshit crazy that exactly that's is. why she's not here with us tonight she's uh, throwing a ticker tape parade hope she feels better and i and when i saw when i saw this little this uh interaction i was pretty much thinking of jess what she would be thinking and saying like yes fuck that bitch i can just imagine what jess is going through and we do see that uh when jack uh when cam drops off jack because uh, apparently he has like a history project to do and we see that sophie tries to make like little advances to cam and cam just like pushes her away and says you know you know maybe he doesn't need this much sugar basically trying to get away from this sexual advancement that 
Sophie tries to make to him. So we do see that he's definitely putting his foot down and saying, you know, this is not for me. This is not going to work. You know, this 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 ain't this ain't going to happen. That's basically what it looked like. And something interesting happens later on in the show and if if we were to move up just a little bit further we see that Madeline is actually on the phone with somebody and we see that Tessa is kind of like snooping and kind of just listening in and we hear that Madeline basically says you know why did you even show up to the funeral like you knew that this you know that this could happen so we notice that she has this reaction after seeing a photo and it leads up to her calling this person and she basically you could tell that she's you know upset kind of annoyed kind of irritated that that this individual came because she basically says you should have never came and tessa kind of looks worried because she feels like that her mom is definitely hiding something that is super important the family needs to know and Tessa kind of goes up to her and says, you know, why, why did I see an FBI agent leave from our house? Basically leave from the living room. And Madeline base, technically didn't lie to Tessa, which I thought was really interesting. I really thought she was going to spin a story around. But no, she kind of told her the truth in, in the way that she basically said that the police are saying that an individual that went to the funeral is a possible suspect, that they wanted to see the photos or anything that was taken there that may give them a lead to an individual that may be responsible or maybe a potential suspect. And right after Madeline leaves, we kind of see Tessa kind of goes into Brady mode where she goes back to the phone and she looks up the caller ID and she basically just writes down on the paper, you know, uh, Caleb. And then she writes down the phone number. She puts the phone away and she basically just takes the note and assuming she's going to try to contact this person. So overall, were you surprised that Madeline kind of sort of gave Tessa a truthful answer? Or were, do you feel like that was expected of her? That if she was going to tell her anyway? But she kind of just wanted to leave a couple of parts out. Like, how did you react to that? Well, the truth is relative. Because you feel like she was being truthful. I feel like she was being kind of shady. She left well, out some major details, well, which are very important to the whole well, she, reason. Well, I guess you could say that she left out parts, but she technically didn't leave out the main part of what they were doing there. Of course, she didn't tell Tessa about the phone call, but she did mention that there was an individual that they're trying to find through the photos. So in, well, yes, in a way, but she left out the major thing as to like who this man is, which, you know, I mean, she has her reasons, which I get, but it was hella sketch. (laughs) Hella. It was hella sketch. Yes. As the young kids would say, the young people like you, Mike. Oh, Jesus. But what definitely wasn't sketch was the really interesting relationship that, at least what I saw, with Brady and Allison. I I this I love this. This I was actually, the highlight for me for the episode I because liked it too. Yeah, because I love on any show when they pair up people that usually do not have scenes together. And for the most part, besides like maybe familial scenes, we've never seen uh, Allison and Brady interact with one another. So them kind of playing, you know, Scooby-Doo, you know, I liked mi- it. and the I mystery liked- machine. I thought, I thought that yeah. was fantastic. I really liked it. Like I-, I felt like they really had this like really good chemistry with each other. And Brady's trying to, you know, uh, trying to open up the lock and Allison is like you know I thought you would have uh, you know lock picking equipment and he basically says I'm a detective like why why would I carry such things with me I, th- I thought that was great like their little conversations with each other were so great and I wish we had more of this like from the very get go I think it would have been really awesome because I feel like the chemistry with each other is just 
phenomenal. As I know, right? If if he wasn't married, and if she wasn't married, and she, uh, if they weren't brother and sister in law, I could see them banging. Yes, I know this is wrong and terrible. And so yes, sorry, Tessa. Not really sorry to Tom because yeah, I, don't give a sh- I personally don't give a shit yeah. about Tom. But yeah, I'm I'm thinking like they actually would be a great couple, power couple. Do I honestly think it'd be super cool? But they even get even craftier and even better when they decide to throw in the mayor and Detective Cutter. Oh, that was amazing. I thought that was genius. It was one of those... um, Yeah, it was one of those, you know, you get one person there for one reason, that's a lie, and then you get the other person there for another reason, that's a lie, and then BAM! You show them all, you know, their truth. Exactly. And be like, explain this. And speaking of which... We, during this entire time, we base now we get to hear this little extra information that Jennifer was looking into. Could be more, could be less, but this is what's presented to us. And it's basically a conversation that Mayor Connolly had with Detective Cutter from so many, so many, from about the situation that happened during the SBK murders. And it's in regards to... Mayor Conley being implicated in a murder that he himself was not a part of. And he basically says that he was going... He basically explains that he went to David Morales' house. And they got into an argument. And basically to help him with his political campaign. Basically to move forward with the beginning parts of his political career. So he goes on with this story and basically just explains that... It'd be unfortunate if he were to be implicated for a crime that he didn't commit. How did you feel about his story? Did you do you believe that he was telling the entire truth, or do you feel like he was putting a spin on it on the spot? Like, how do you how do you take this story that Mayor Conley provided? Well, I bought it because I mean, to be quite honest, I feel like the killer has to be one of the Hawthorns. So, uh, so anyone else, at least for me, is a red herring. But I did like that they, they being the writers, like, attempted to make both Cutter and Conley a potential red herrings. Yeah, in this episode, or within the past two episodes. Because, I mean, she was sort of dropping hints and stuff that were kind of sketchy, like, hmm. Because she was like, I was the first one at the first side of the murder. <laughs> I was here. I was yeah, there. I was assigned to the case. I was a rookie. Messages. Exactly. Like, all these, like, truth nuggets, truth bombs that we didn't know about so i was like okay y'all are dropping this to make her seem kind of sketchy but then when we found out that you know basically this cufflink remember we were always like talking about this cufflink where did this cufflink come from and they finally explained it and i was like okay i i can buy that it was interesting because it's kind of like six degrees of separation because he got into a fight with christina's father like right before he was murdered and so obviously he he was nervous about that and he had left the cufflink and so i get why she had to cover it up and all this kind of stuff but it was an interesting journey to get to that point so it, and it was nice to at least for me as of right now to like rule them out as potential suspects good deduction i de- i definitely see where you're coming from i pro- i probably would have felt that his story definitely would check out only because it's involving like two other individuals. So I kind of see that this could be a potential story. That's definitely truth. Um, but now if we were to go to our favorite little kid, Jack, I know Jess is putting palm to her forehead. Like, no, Jesus, like bless this child. This child needs to go away just imagine Jess coming up with this stuff. We see that it finally goes to the presentation. Now, before I just talk about about it real quick, um, it's interesting because they had talked about that they were doing something for history and uh, they said something with Boston. So I assumed he was going to do the Boston Massacre. Like I, That's what I thought as well. Okay, I'm I, not going to lie. I really thought I was the only. Hashtag great minds. That's what I thought too. So, yeah, I really, really thought it was going to be the Boston Massacre, knowing Jack's personality, his awkwardness, his weirdness, his really creepiness and psychopathic tendencies. Like, 
I really thought it was going to be the Boston Massacre. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, oh, dear Lord, like, he's just going to, like, blow up a bunch of stuff and he's going to, like, create fake blood or something. Oh, my God. Like, that was my... Like, that's what I really thought was going to happen. But luckily, it wasn't so much that. He basically just presents the... Uh, an event that happened and we see Sophie is taking a part in it and actually, you know, creating the sound effects in the background. So I thought that was actually kind of cool, you know, creating like different ty- different types of sound effects for each type of slideshow and stuff. And he basically makes it kind of makes the presentation kind of like spooky and eerie. I think the way Jack was speaking. Well, then again, I kind of already see Jack as kind of like an oddball, weirdish type kid that I definitely yeah. do not want to fuck with if he ever gets older and stuff. So we do we do see that he definitely is really into this presentation and you can definitely tell that he is really fascinated by the effects that happen. And after the show, we kind of see that Cam sees the the nurse there that because she says it all was curiosity so uh might be some little chemistry maybe later on who knows even though she says yeah even though she says that it's unprofessional and that they shouldn't do it i think they're cute together and i feel like they are gonna fall in love well i mean they're in love already they just can't admit it because obviously it would be a total conflict of interest even though he technically is not in rehab anymore it it is kind of weird because i mean she wasn't his sponsor but she was his nurse at the rehab facility so it's it's it it, it is a conflict of interest in a sense but they're kind of cute together and this could so go kind of like the weird route that it went with garrett and christina but i feel like even though it kind of is a similar type of thing, you know, it's like you should not be with this person because of this, that, or the other. <laughs> because of this, I, that, I like, and the other. <laughs> yeah, but, but I like that they they kind of are different than Garrett and Christina. They're, I don't know, I, I like I them. Feel like they could have easily fallen into that trap, though. Oh, definitely. I feel like it's their... Hmm, how do I put it? I feel like their interaction together is a little bit more, like, innocent, in a way. Uh, it's, like, a little bit more cutie. I don't know if that's even a correct word to use. I feel like I feel like it's definitely much healthier, I think. Considering where both individuals were coming from. Although, you know, Cam definitely was in there for drug problems, obviously, but the end result of him getting out kind of uh goes beyond that, I think. Yeah. And we do see that Brady makes an appearance and he's with Tessa and with Allison. He basically says, well, I got, you know, took some, you know, they told me to take some time off from the case. Basically, they. Well, yeah, well, they threw him off and, and for legitimate reasons. But I mean, I feel like his reason like that he has, you know, an in with the family was a good enough reason. And in the real world, I mean, they would have kept him, but he kind of did. I mean, no offense to Brady, because I love Brady. I feel like he's a really great character on the show. But he kind of did kind of go batshit crazy. He's like, it's Garrett! And I'm like, come on, dude. You can't yell at the freaking man. Although, if I were him, and I would have been, like, heated at that moment, I'd be like, why? You can't put me on no damn lead. You aren't my boss. <laughs> yeah, I, I can, yeah, I was about to say, I can see where Brady was coming from being a little excited or overzealous, if anything, with the reaction he got. And we see that he kind of takes an eye towards Garrett as Garrett leaves the premise from the area. And we kind of see that he definitely takes an interest to Garrett. And he's basically just looking at him. He sees Garrett taking off. And this next scene I thought was kind of like, oh shit, I think. Uh, we see that Jack and Cam are kind of together. And basically Cam's like, you know what? Uh, you know, can I get gummies, you know, from... You know, this little vendor. We see Cam is like, you know what? I'm a sucker, you know. I'll give in. And so he gives him a 20. And we see Jack comes back with the gummy bears. And he says, you know. And Cam says, hey, where's my change, buddy? And he says, you know, there, what are you talking about? There is, there is no change. Because every time I go and the, the guy asks for 20 bucks. 
And this part, I kind of feel bad for Jack in a way because he's so he still has a little bit of innocence, I guess. I'm pretty sure Jess would disagree with me on this. I feel like he definitely still has, you know, that sense of innocence in which he says, you know, maybe it's just... Yeah, 100%. I feel like this episode was one of those episodes that really showed us that Jack is a kid. I mean, he may get into all these, like, morbid things that... you would expect that, adults, uh, but he still has exactly, the but, childlike manners that make him an 11-year-old, you know, which you wouldn't maybe normally see from an 11-year-old. Exactly. And he basically says, oh, well, maybe it's because of inflation. So maybe that's why. And Cam is definitely, you know, s skeptical of everything. So he's like, you know what? Okay, what the fuck? So he basically just opens it and voila. Sees drugs. Yeah. And this is the scene where, like, everything changed. Because yeah. we saw him, like, really happy. I mean, there was that scene after the um, Boston history presentation where... Because Sophie had, like, really worked hard with Jack on the project. And like, she was there doing, like, sound effects and everything. Where, like, he was like, you know what? You know, he, he didn't say this to her in this way because um, his mom had been like, you know, you need to fight for soul custody and this kind of thing. But he was like, you know what? You should be in his life. You should be in Jack's life. You're basically, he was like, you're a great mom. I'm so proud of you. Thank you for doing a good job and this, that, or the other. But then all, like, this happened. And then, like, all of a sudden, you know, he's like, oh, hell no. And which is completely understandable. I mean, how are you going to use your kid to buy drugs i mean it's a disgusting and deplorable thing to do and unfortunately i mean when someone is to that point like sophie is that she's deep in the drug world and she's that deep of an addict i mean stuff like that happens in real life it's sad to say right. and um for cam especially since he is and it seems like he's really 100 1000 trying to live a clean life he's like you know fuck this like you know you can't be in his life like how could you do this like whether he knew or not because in the next scene with with him and, and sophie where he confronts her she's like you know he didn't know he never knew but that isn't the point i mean the point is, is that you're an adult and you're using your child to get your fix like it's just disgusting and uh i 100 percent agree with cam in uh you know, using that uh, gummy box with the drugs basically as evidence against her so that he can get sole custody. And I've got to say, I haven't been like the biggest fan of the Sophie character because she is written in such a way that makes her a disgusting human being. But I mean, I like the way that they're writing her because it's it's true to life. I mean, she's an addict. She that is who she is, and she's definitely an addict that enjoys being an addict. So it's it's one of those characters that's supposed to be very polarizing, and you're not supposed to like the character. But I really felt for her, like that scene where she broke down. Like I feel like that is probably one of the most realistic looking breakdowns that I've ever seen on TV. And so I got to give props to the actress, but I'm so glad that she got what she deserved to be quite honest. Cause you can't use your child to buy drugs for you. I mean, that's just wrong. Oh, I, I thought it was okay, but just kidding. I know it's wrong. Oh gosh. I know it's wrong. I don't know how Brittany would feel. I think she'd throw in a little funny remark too, but yeah, she basically just showcased how much of a horrible, ugly individual she is. That she's willing to stoop that low to have her child, you know, bring her the drugs. I mean, she literally involved her child being a part of her, at a, being a her being a part of an addict. I mean, it's crazy how she was willing to go to those lengths to stoop that low yeah it's sad it i mean it's desperation and it's just it's sad like you feel sad for the person because it's like wow you're, you've hit rock bottom or you've hit that like low spot where you have to use your child to get drugs for you like that's just it's pathetic definitely and it's it's definitely heartbreaking essentially that she was yeah to it is child and it really does mess with 
the relationship that she that Jack could even have with both his father and you know his mother. And speaking of really weird relationships, we see that Tessa and Allison meet up with this Caleb fellow, the same fellow that you know had you know went happy town with Madeline, basically who Madeline cheated on with. And they kind of uh, they kind of meet face to face, and at first it feels a little awkward. Obviously, you know this is the person that my mom cheated with, and the the interaction gets even more crazy, even more interesting when Caleb mentions that you know I didn't even make it past the front door, and Allison and Tessa are like, wait, 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 you were not dragged from the stairs, and he says, no, I never even made it inside. So it definitely brings up a like holy shit moment like what the f- like what the fuck is it, like it literally makes no sense that yeah but I mean are we surprised not really. that Madeline lied no, of course not. no but was it interesting oh. like all these little nuggets that we found out in particular that uh, they were high school sweethearts and that, you know, the, the relationship was, I guess, difficult to break up or, you know, they, they still had a connection and that's what it was. And then all of a sudden the fight was outside. It, it was not indoors. And so obviously he's not the one that was being dragged down. I mean, it was there were interesting truth bombs, which I really uh, approved of. But, you know. At the end of, uh, like, the revelations, like, are we really shocked that Madeline lied? Like, no. Like, we've seen her do worse. Sort of, like, skirt around the truth to, um, you know, to benefit her, basically. Of course. And to make it even crazier, we do see Garrett is at the store, and we kind of see him eyeballing a grinder, essentially and he buys it cash and you're like what the fuck like like why would you need that and the cashier says you know i think you're a little too late for you know corn season and he basically just pays him in cash but that was that was pretty freaking crazy and garrett just looks at him just kind of just looks at him and waits for his change and he leaves and we see that in the next scene also the siblings kind of talk to each other and say you know you know that mom lied and that something else is going on and that what you saw obviously is not related towards Caleb being the individual being dragged down so they decide to say you know what they decide to confront their mother and they basically say you know we know that you've been lying we want to know what's going on and you kind of see the camera just zooms in on Madeline and it kind of just fades out and we see Garrett is digging up a a grave somewhere out in the middle of, the, of nowhere in the field and the camera kind of zooms out and we see that it's that it's human m- remains and we see that he pulls up these human remains and he starts up the grinder and he puts into the grinder and it starts you know you know grinding up the evidence essentially oh i love that noise it made me feel like i was in the scene yes and to make it even better we see Brady come out from the woods, wooded area, and has his gun up and tells him to not move. And we kind of see, you know, Garrett kind of slowly turning, and you know, makes his little Garrett face that's kind of like a smirk, but not really. But it's more of like a, like a straight face, like a panicked. And then the episode ends. Well, damn. I've got to say. I was surprised when Brady sort of like popped out out of yeah, nowhere. I was, like, yeah. I was like, really, dude? You've been following this man since the damn science, not science, a history presentation. Because like you saw his eyes. Like he is like gunning for Garrett, which you know what? It, it kind of sucks that she's going after, that he's going after his wife's family. But I mean, when the evidence is sort of like, you know, pointing to them, I mean, it makes sense. And, and to be honest, Garrett wasn't around, so it's not like Brady has a tight relationship with him. So it, it it kind of makes it sort of a little bit understandable. But I'm like, really, dude, you've got like this crazed look in your eyes, like Garrett, it's freaking Garrett. <laughs> I'm like, but to be quite honest, I mean, Garrett doesn't help himself. It, like it does, I know, and, and I feel like, 
like de- they're definitely showcasing like they're trying to really throw in this idea that it's got to be Garrett, especially like, exactly, which makes it like one hundred percent not Garrett, but like the evidence is pointing to him. And when you continue to do very sketchy things, like oh, I need my truck. Why? Um, you don't yeah, need to know. Very cryptic stuff that kind of is like okay, it's got to be Garrett. And I feel I kind of have like a theory behind it. I feel like the corpse that's there is the same one that he may have guess accidentally killed or something because if i'm not sure if you remember but in a previous episode when they did a flashback of him being younger uh him speaking with his mother and his mother says you know what did you do or what happened or whatever he basically says you know i i defended myself or whatever like he basically gives a response as to what happened as you see him that he's tired he's i think if i remember correctly he was like really like uh, like muddy or wet or something I feel like that's the same corpse. I would like to think it's that corpse that's not related yeah. to SBK, but who knows? Let's hope. Oh, man, it would be so much more interesting, I think. But if you had to rate the episode, what would you rate it on a scale of 1 to 10 Silver Bells? I would give this episode uh, 9.5 Silver Bells, oh. the same rating that I gave last week. I feel like each episode is getting stronger and especially in particular because we are heading towards the end like we're getting a lot of information a lot of strong performances a lot of great interactions with the characters the plot is moving along well I I really enjoyed this episode I'm really loving what we're seeing and I'm excited to see what's around the corner I think me too I think honestly I would give it a 9.5 9.5 I think it was really good I really liked the way it ended it ended perfectly, I think, even though I really hate that they're really focusing on on uh, Garrett. But I do feel like the overall premise of the episode was good. I feel like it definitely made a lot of things come full circle. Uh, it definitely brought in more interactions, more connections with each other. And I feel like it's just leading up to an explosive ending. Like, hopefully it's an ending we're not really expecting or, you know, typical but I am having high hopes for it. But given that we're still with predictions, who do you think is the Silver Bells killer and the accomplice? Okay, 100% Mitchell. I feel like that's a given. Unless they do do a major twist and they prove uh, Sam right and uh, it was Madeline. Which, I don't know, I just feel like her actions, these past two, maybe three episodes, sort of show that she may know stuff, but she wasn't in the know at the time. So I I think it's Mitch, definitely, and the accomplice. Like, my heart tells me that it's Tessa, but to be quite honest, if if I'm going to go by, at least my rules are, you know, to choose who it could be, I have to look at the evidence that the episode provides and tessa really didn't do anything sketch this uh episode so unfortunately even though i know it's not you i mean you were the shadiest of them all this episode garrett i mean come on like you're there with a dead body and you're grinding the bones and you know the the evidence is pointing to you in this episode but in my heart of hearts it's tessa but uh i gotta go with the episode so definitely mitch and unfortunately even though i know it's not you garrett all right if i had to pick the silver bells killer and the compass ooh, it's i gotta say it's gotta be mitch for sure as the sbk for sure because uh, i feel like i haven't been given any different evidence to showcase that it could be a p- another individual i wasn't I, you know what i mean like i haven't been getting given any additional stuff in order for me to validate that it could be somebody else so i think he is the silver bells killer but the partner in crime i don't know i feel i feel like it would have been allison but now i'm starting to think it can't be can't be allison i feel like it can't be tessa and i feel like it can't be cam unless one of them is doing such a great performance that uh that would lead you know for such a great deception but i feel like mm, it's so tricky because the reporter was killed 
when Garrett was already in jail. So I feel like it can't be Garrett for that reason. Although he did, you know, as you said, he did dig up a grave, you know, and got rid of the bones and stuff. So yeah, it does look bad on him. But man, I feel like if I had to pick, oh, it's so tough. I feel like I'm going to go out of the blue and I'm kind of hoping it's Detective Cutter, maybe. Ooh. I feel like now I feel like now that they're providing more analysis towards her, I feel like she could be a potential suspect or she could be a potential partner in crime. Maybe she could have had an affair with Mitch, maybe. Or if you want to get even crazier, maybe it's another half sibling that's involved i highly doubt they'll go that crazy but i feel like it may be detective cutter because now i feel like they're providing more and more stuff about her that she can now be thrown into the mix instead of her just acting as a really true supporting character now she's starting to become a little bit more involved as well and she does have her conniving moments too but so for now Based on this episode and all the rest of them, I'm going to go with Detective Cutter as the partner in crime. There you go. Yeah, this episode was very difficult in picking yes, suspects because the focus really was either on Garrett, Cutter, or Connolly. Like, everyone else didn't really do anything kind of sketchy. When in, the, in other episodes, like, there have been episodes where everyone looks like a suspect. Exactly. Yeah, I, I agree. It was really... It's definitely hard to judge who... Yeah, I still feel it's Tessa, but I had nothing to justify my remarks on, so I, I couldn't pick her. Yeah, who knows? Maybe the next episodes, it may even be her. Who knows? Exactly. But join us next time for a brand new installment of The Silver Bells Murders. Visit poppychuloradio.com slash archives to download this episode and many more. Registered users will gain access to our archives of previously aired broadcasts. You can also download tonight's broadcast through iTunes. Just search for The Silver Bells Murders and subscribe. Please like Poppy Chulo Radio on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash Radio. You can help support Poppy Chulo financially by visiting gofundme.com slash Radio. Email us via contact at poppychuloradio.com with any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chulo Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychuloradio.com. My freaking awesome co-host, wish our listeners a happy good night. Have a good night, listeners. SBK, we're getting close to discovering who you are. Indeed we are. Thanks for tuning in. Join us every Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific for a brand new installment of The Silver Bells Murders. Have a great night, everyone. Mm-hmm.